Praise God. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Inspired by the World Global Times of Devotion. I'm going to be praying as customary to us in the next few minutes. We're going to be praying for the nations of the world. Hallelujah. Isaiah 59 verse 19 says, So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun when the enemy shall come in like a flood. When the enemy shall come. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. We're going to be praying particularly for states and locations in Nigeria, your country, whatever country you are resident in, where there have been reports of strange deaths in large numbers. Rebuke the adversary in the name of Jesus, declaring that all plans to engineer crisis in order to spread deception and advance the vaccine agenda. Rebuke the adversary in the name of Jesus, declaring that all plans to engineer crisis in order to spread deception and advance the vaccine agenda are brought down and their works are cut off from their, from our land by the power of God. Hallelujah. The prayer point is um, in the chat room. You can reference to it. Right now, let's kindly unmute ourselves as we begin to pray. Pray especially for our nation, the country where we reside. Kindly unmute yourself at this time and let's begin to pray. Thank <laughs> you. 
Thank <laughs> you. 
Yes, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray for the the provinces, the cities of God, in the nations of the world, where there has been reports of large numbers of deaths. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we rebuke the adversary. In the name of the Lord Jesus, every plan of God to engineer crisis in the nations, in order to continually spread deception of God, we cut them off in the name of the Lord Jesus. We cut them off in the name of the Lord Jesus. 
la shakabaye kede bosti mesuze kita pela grande zonta kabara bosti bushaka talaba suti eli krusa takabaya mashanda kabaye Oh, we cut them off. We cut them off in the name of Jesus. We cut them off in the name of Jesus. We cut off their agendas. We cut off their plans. We cut off their deceptions in the name of Lord Jesus. We bring them down. And render them useless. Hallelujah. Inoperative and invalid in the name of Lord Jesus. Yes, by the end of God. We cut them off. We shut out We cut off their operations. We lash them. They get the borrowed of a person to leave Rakatiza Katakabaya. Ye get a bosunda Kalabashatakabaya. Oh, glory to God. Rekete bon Zaketa Lamanda. Thank you, precious Jesus. Zizaketa Kabaya. Every form of deception, hallelujah. Every agenda that is not of God. We cut it off. And thou spirit of darkness and wickedness responsible for large and strange death number of deaths in different places. Today we stand this an end, hallelujah. An end to your operations, oh God. An end to your operations in the name of the Lord Jesus. No more with the lives of people, innocent people. That Christ died for be lost in the name of Lord Jesus. Yes, hallelujah. The deception is cut off above the people. Hallelujah. And yes, hallelujah. By the power of the Holy Ghost, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord raises the standard against everything that is not of God. Against every spirit that is not of God. Against every action that is not of God. In the nations of the world, in the name of Jesus. Oh, glory to God. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, precious Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Glory. Praise God. Thank you, precious Father. For in Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon. Good evening, depending on what part of the world you are connected. Right now, you're welcome to the Inspired by the World Global Times of Devotion with the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, esteemed Amara, for the opportunity to always lead the sense of God in prayers. Thank you so much, Ma. I do not take this opportunity lightly at all. Hallelujah. Right now, we're going over to the Rhapsody of Reality segment. Over to you, esteemed man. Thank you, everyone, and you have a beautiful day after the devotion. Praise God. I love you. I love you because you first loved me. And purchase my salvation on Calvary's tree. I love you. 
I love you because you first love and I love you. I love you because you first love me and purchased my salvation. Akusa katali giba shata lida ga ande trudis kaskira. You have won the victory. Hallelujah. You have won it all for me. That could not hold you back. You are the reason you're seated in majesty. You are the Basiki tili baradu shakata nagaba shata barakaya basuta lakasiti kredis. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You are the reason, King. Seated in majesty, you won the victory for us, and this victory is forever. The salvation that you purchased on Calvary was once off for a lifetime. Nothing will ever do can change it. Your love for us is unconditional. It does not depend on what we do. It is constant, it is ever abiding. Thank you. Because you are not man and man is not you. Thank you for your ever abiding love. Your word that builds up and delivers us into our inheritance. Thank you for the gift of your spirit that came to make a success of our lives. Thank you, Lord. We are victorious every day because you died and rose. We can command changes in every ramification of life because you gave us the authority in your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We love and adore you. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, esteemed Pastor Debbie, for the prayers. 
and for leading our students to seed for the nations. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 2 from verse 1, he said, first of all, first of all, first of all, first of all, of all the prayers that we must pray every day, he said the first prayer we should pray is for leaders and for all men. And it's a privilege to start our day every morning in this place, doing just what the word says to do. There's such a fulfillment in your heart when you know you are doing something that God wants you to do. You know, people say, how do I know God's will? This is one thing that is God's will. Standing in the gap for our leaders and our nations. So I know that I start my day doing something that is right, something that is God's will. You know that thing that he says that if the first fruit be holy, then the whole door will be holy. So if I have done the right thing as one of the first acts of the day, I can be sure that my day will be right. Praise God. Today is Wednesday, 19th May, 2021, and I'm welcoming everyone to our daily devotion with the Lord. Today's devotional article is Laboring in Intercession. Colossians 4 and verse 12 is our opening scripture, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that ye may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Some Christians are committed to interceding for others. They just know it's their job to do so. I think those Christians are, the pastor's talking about us today. We all should be that way because God needs such people. You see, there's, a, there's, there's, there's in, if, if, you, if you did economy, you know that there's, a, there's something that's called need and there's something that's called want. And when the word need is used, you know that it is important, it is parity and it is critical. He said, because God needs such people. It is parity to God. It is important to God. It is critical to God. It's possible the reason you are able to study the word today like you're doing right now is the dedication of such people. It could be the reason you are growing in the things of God and standing in the faith today. You may not know it, but many Christians today, many are Christians today because of someone else who labored in intercession, praying fervently for their lives. The Bible says, woe to, the man, to that man who is alone. When he falls, he has no one to lift him up. Ecclesiastes 4.10. It's important we support and lift others through prayer. This doesn't mean you become a prayer collector, enlisting prayer warriors. The local church takes care of that. It's the pastor's responsibility to train the church to pray for one another. Those who were around the Apostle Paul, one of whom is Epaphras, understood this message. As read in our theme verse, Epaphras interceded for the church, God's people in Colossae, to come to maturity. How inspiring, how inspiring. When you take up the ministry of intercession, you are siding with God as a laborer in the kingdom. You see, um, let, me, let, me, let me give you the secret. 
we're in the last days when a lot of people are doing big things when it comes to kingdom financing. But you see the thing about money. You see the thing about financing the kingdom is that God doesn't need us to do it. He can actually do it. You know, he is such that he could, if he could turn stone to bread, if he could turn, if he could multiply fish and bread and feed thousands of people, that means God does not have an, a problem generating money for the funding of the gospel in the world. And he doesn't have a problem with multiplying $1,000 to $1 billion. We see these things in the scriptures. He used a fish to get money. So he does not need the agent of a human, of a man, to do kingdom financing. We do it because we are partnering with God to say, God, I'm, I, I know I I may not have to do it, but I want to do it. It's a commitment of our love. It's a show of our love and our commitment to him. But you see this intercession, God does not have somebody to do it. What I am trying to say is that, see, kingdom finances are important. But you see this ministry of intercession? If as a Christian, you will take it seriously, it will amaze you the kind of grace that would work in your life. Certain things in the realm of the spirit are irreplaceable. They can only be done by you. God needs you to do it like he needs you to do it. He does not have an alternative. You, he really does need you to do it. Some things he wants you to do it. And if you do not do it, it will still be done. But you see, intercession, if you do not do it, nobody else will do it. He needs you to do it. There is the change that you cause by your intercession that nobody else can do. It's good to go about all your business. You know, you're trying to expand your business to make more money so that you can do kingdom financing, but do not neglect the ministry of intercession as you do that. Do not neglect the ministry of intercession as you do that. It's very, very critical. When you take up the ministry of intercession, you are siding with God as a laborer in the kingdom. You are working with him to improve and impact the lives of others. Hallelujah. Jesus said the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Matthew 9, 37. He needs those who would labor in prayer like Epaphras for the souls of men. Be that man or woman that he's found to stand in the gap, to pray for people to come to Christ, to pray for fellow Christians who are yet to come to maturity in the things of God. And also for ministers of the gospel to fulfill their call and destinies in the gospel. Praise the Lord. You know, a lot of us here today, we are leaders across different ministries and denominations. And in our different local churches. And we, we stand in that place where we, we are responsible for a certain number of people that God has committed to our church. 
some may not occupy official offices that automatically put people under their leadership. But maybe there's someone you brought to Christ who's been coming to church. Maybe there's a young girl down your streets that looks up to you. Maybe there's a young boy who every day you go to work waves at you and says, uncle, good morning. Maybe that's the person. And you have that desire to want to see that one become everything that God has planned for them to be. As you pray, the spirit of God will give you ideas. He will guide you on steps to take. I often will say that as a leader, you don't need abilities. You just need to be available and you need the genuine desire and interest to want to see people around you become who God has made them to be. That's all you need to get started. God makes the one that is available able. Stop looking, stop, stop, stop looking at somebody and say, oh, this person has this ability. I don't have it. This person just is, 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 was born a leader. No, leadership is learned and the spirit of God can teach it to you. So today we are being reminded of our ministry of intercession. And we will continue to stand in the gap. And I'm saying this to everyone who connects here every morning. We start this meeting at 6 a.m. GMT plus one on the dot. Don't join 10 minutes later because that means you have missed the time of intercession. That is when we intercede. The first few minutes of this devotion time is for intercession. And it is, see, brothers and sisters, of everything we're doing, he told us that first of all, that means it is most important. Many of there are those of us who get connected before 6 a.m. And you can do it. Train yourself to be connected before 6 a.m. So that you start off with us. Doing this ministry that God says he needs you to do. I believe that the words that we have heard today would inspire that correction in us. And we would have more people joining us earlier and interceding with us. Praise God. Thank you so much for your time and thank you for listening. I'll hand over to Sister Joy at this moment for the prayer and the further study. Over to you, Sister Joy. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Maka. So I said something yesterday. I said, there's no way you will be with Sister Maka that you will not be ahead. There's something they call a headship. So yesterday, Pastor talked about... Um, we talked about, I'm trying to remember, this is giving my mind. He talked about Holy, Com Holy Communion and um, something we've always been doing. And today he's talking about intercession, praise God. So right now I'm going to, I'm going to be talking, um, I'm going to be taking the further study, praise God. Um, we're reading from First Timothy verse 2. One to eight, praise the Lord. It says, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, 
the man Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This has now been witnessed to this has now been witnessed to at the proper time. For this purpose, I was anointed a herald and an apostle. I am telling the truth. I am not lying and a true and faithful teacher of the Gentiles. Therefore, I want every, I want the men everywhere. Praise the Lord. I'll take it again. Therefore, I want the men everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or disputing. Praise God. I just realized I didn't greet everybody. I'm so sorry. <laughs> good morning, everyone. Good afternoon. Good evening, depending on where you are connecting from. Um, so I'm, we're going to be taking the prayers together. You know how we do it. You don't have to unmute your mic. You just repeat after me wherever you are. Dear Father, your grace that brings salvation has been made available to all men. Therefore, I pray for sinners around the world that their hearts be open to receive the gospel. I break Satan's hold on people's minds so that the light of the glorious gospel of Christ would shine into them for salvation. And I pray that Christians around the world are strengthened with the might of the Spirit to preach the mystery of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Maka. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Maka, for this opportunity. Um, right now, I would like to hand over to Brother Zier to take us through the New Testament reading of the one-year Bible plan. Thank you, everyone, for your time. Have a beautiful day ahead. Thank you so much, Sister Joy. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Welcome to today's time of Inspired by the Word devotional. Uh, thank you so much, Sister Maka, for this amazing platform. Congratulations to everyone that has been consistent with the one-year daily Bible reading plan. Today, I'll be reading the New Testament. And we're reading the book of John, chapter 8, from verse 48 to the end. And the caption for today reads, I am who I am. Verse 48, Jesus then said, the Jews then said, that clinches it. We were right all along when we called you a Samaritan and said you were crazy, demon-possessed. Jesus said, I'm not crazy. I simply honor my father while you dishonor me. I'm not trying to get anything for myself. God intends something gloriously grand here and is making the decisions that will bring it about. I say this with absolute confidence. If you practice what I'm telling you, you will never have to look death in the face. At this point, the Jews said, now we know you're crazy. Abraham died, the prophets died, and you're showing up saying, if you practice what I'm telling you, you never you never have to face death, not even a taste. Are you greater than Abraham who died and the prophets died? Who do you think you are? Jesus said, if I turn the spotlight on myself, 
it won't amount to anything. But my father, the same one you say is your father, puts me here at this time and place of splendor. You haven't recognized him in this, but I have. If I, in false modesty, said I didn't know what was going on, I will be as much of a liar as you are. But I know, I do know, and I'm, I'm, I'm doing what he says. Abraham, your father, with jubilant fate, looked down the corridors of history and saw my day coming. He saw it and cheered. The Jews said, you're not even 50 years old, and Abraham saw you. Believe me, said Jesus, I am who I am long before Abraham was anything. That did it. Push them over the edge. They picked up rocks to throw at him, but Jesus slipped away, getting out of the temple. And may the Lord bless the reading of his word in our hearts in Jesus' name. Right now, I'll hand over to Brother John, who will take us to the Old Testament Bible reading plan. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a blessed day. Thank you very much, Brother Duzier. Uh, I, I was just by the spirits moving, taking my mind through this scenario or this story that you just read, and I was just laughing. You know, imagine the Jews <laughs> in their mindset. Praise be unto God. Okay, now we are in the book of Second Kings, and we are reading Second Kings one to three this morning, but before I go ahead, I just want to say good morning, good afternoon, good evening to every one of you connected this morning or this day, depending on where you're connected from. And thank you for being ever so consistent to what the Lord is doing with us here every day. And also a big thank you to the esteemed Sister Maka for this beautiful opportunity. Thank you so much, ma'am. Okay, 2 Kings chapter 1, from verse 1. After Ahab died, Moab rebelled against Israel. One day, Ahaziah fell through the balcony railing, fell through the balcony railing on the rooftop of his house in Samaria and was injured. He sent messengers off to consult Baal the god of Akron. Am I going to recover from this accident? God's angel spoke to Elijah, the Tishbites, up on your feet. Go out and meet the messengers of the king of Samaria. With this word, is it because there is no God in Israel that you're running off to consult Baal, God of Akron? Here is a message from the God you have tried to bypass. You're not going to get out of that bed you are in. You are as good as dead already. Elijah delivered the message and was gone. <laughs> Verse 5, the messengers went back. The king said, so why are you back so soon? What's going on? They told him, a man met us and said, turn around and go back to the king who sent you. Tell him God's message. Is it because there is no God in Israel that you're running off to consult Baal, Zebub, God of Ikron? You needn't bother. You're not going to get out of that bed you're in. 
you're as good as dead already. King said, tell me more about this man who met you and said these things to you. What was he like? Shaggy, he said, and wearing a leather belt. He said, that has to be Elijah the Tishbite. The king sent a captain with 50 men to Elijah. Meanwhile, Elijah was sitting big as life on top of a hill. The captain said, oh, holy man, king's orders, come down. Elijah answered the captain of the 50. If it is true that I'm a holy man, lightning strike you and your 50 men. <laughs> Out of the blue, lightning struck and incinerated the captain and his 50. Verse 11, the king sent another captain with his 50 men. Oh, holy man, king's orders, come down and right now, Elijah said, it is true that I'm a holy man. Lightning strike you and your 50 men. Immediately, divine lightning both struck and incinerated the captain and his 50. The king sent, then sent a third captain with his 50 men. For a third time, a captain with his 50 approached Elijah. This one, so smart, fell on his knees in supplication. Oh, holy man, have respect for my life and the souls of these 50 men. Twice now, lightning from out of the blue has struck and incinerated captains with their 50 men. Please, I beg you, respect my life. An angel of God told Elijah, go ahead and don't be afraid. Elijah got up and went down with him to the king. Elijah told him God's word. Because you sent messengers to consult powers above God of Ikra as if there were no God in Israel to whom you could pray, you would never get out of that bed alive. Already you are as good as dead. And he died exactly as God's word spoken by Elijah had said. Because Ahaziah had no son, his brother, Joram, became the next king. His succession took place in the second year of the reign of Jehoram, son of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. The rest of Ahaziah's life is recorded in the chronicles of the kings of Israel. <laughs> Beautiful read. When I move over to chapter 2, just before God took Elijah to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on a walk out of Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here. God has sent me on an errand to Bethel. Elisha said, Not on your life. I'm not letting you out of my sight. So the boat went to Bethel. The guild of prophets at Bethel met Elisha and said, Did you know that God is going to take your master away from you today? Yes, he said. I know it, but keep it quiet. Then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here. God has sent me on an errand to Jericho. Elisha said, Not on your life. I'm not letting you out of my sight. So they both went to Jericho. The guild of prophets at Jericho came to Elisha and said, Did you know that God is going to take your master away from you today? Yes, he said, I know it, but keep it quiet. Um, I just want to say something. While I was I was reading this this morning before before this um pro, before this meeting, you know. And this figure was just helping me understand that. He said, the way these prophets had, had a knowing in their spirits that Elisha was about to be taken up 
that is the same way we would know when it is definitely time. At this moment, we know we are already preparing at the time of the Lord is near. But at that time, when it's when it's going to be the time, we that are in the spirit, we would know that we're about to check out of here. You know, I remember Pastor Chris had preached a message on that one time. But you know, the spirit just ministered that to me as I was reading this before this time. I said we would know when it is time. As we walk in the spirits, there will be a knowing in our spirits that it's about time that we check out. Praise God. So verse 6, then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. God has sent me on an errand to the Jordan. Elisha said, not on your life. I'm not letting you out of my sight. And so the two of them went their way together. Meanwhile, 50 men from the guild of prophets gathered some distance away while the two of them stood at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and hit the water with it. The river divided, and the two men walked through on dry land. When they reached the other side, Elijah said to Elisha, What can I do for you before I'm taken from you? Ask anything. Elisha said, Your life repeated in my life. I want to be a holy man just like you. That's a hard one, said Elijah. For if you're watching when I'm taken from you, you will get what you've asked for. But only if you're watching. And so it happened. They were walking along and talking. Suddenly a chariot and horses of fire came between them. And Elijah went up in a whirlwind to heaven. Elijah saw it all and shouted, My father, my father! You, the chariot and cavalry of Israel. When he could no longer see anything, he grabbed his robe and ripped it into pieces. And he picked up Elijah's cloak that had fallen from him, returned to the shore of Jordan and stood there. He took Elijah's cloak, all that was left of Elijah, and hit the river with it, saying, Now where is the God of Elijah? Where is he? When he struck the water, the river divided and Elisha walked through. The guild of prophets from Jericho saw the whole thing. From where they were standing, they said, The spirit of Elijah lives in Elisha. They welcomed and honored him. They then said, we are at your service. We have 50 reliable men here. Let's send them out to look for your master. Maybe God's spirit has swept him off to some mountain or dropped him into a remote river. Elisha said, no, don't send them. But they pressed him until he caved in. Go ahead then, send them. So they sent the 50 men off. For three days, they looked, searching high and low, nothing. Finally, they returned to Elisha and Jericho. He told them, so there. So there, didn't I tell you? One day, the men of the city said to Elisha, you can see for yourself, master, how well our city is located. But the water is polluted, and nothing grows. He said, bring me a brand new boat and put some salt in it. They brought it to him. He then went to the spring, sprinkled the salt into it, and proclaimed God's word. I have healed this water. It will no longer kill you or poison your land. And sure enough, the water was healed and remains so to this day, just as Elisha has said. Another time, Elisha was on his way to Bethel, and some kids, some little kids, came out from the town and taunted him. What's up, old bowed head? Out of, out of our way, skinhead. 
Elisha turned and took one look at them and cursed them in the name of God. Two bears charged out of the, of the underbrush and knocked them about, ripping them from limb to limb. 42 children in all, Elisha went out to Mount, to Mount Carmel and then returned to Samaria. Hmm. What is our prophets of old? And the vex. Okay, so we now move on to the last chapter of the day, Joram of Israel. That's a caption. Joram, son of Ahab, began his rule over Israel and Samaria in the 18th year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. He was king for 12 years. In God's sight, he was a bad king, but he wasn't as bad as his father and mother. To his credit, he destroyed the obscene bow stone that his father had made, but he hung on to the sinful practices of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, the ones that had corrupted Israel for so long. He wasn't about to give them up. King Mesha of Moab raised sheep. He was forced to give the king of Israel 100,000 lambs and 100,000 rams. When Ahab died, the king of Moab rebelled against the king of Israel. So King Joram set out from Samaria and prepared Israel for war. His first move was, his, was to send a message to Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. The king of Moab has rebelled against me. Would you join me to fight him? I'm with you all the way, said Jehoshaphat. My troops are your troops. My horses are your horses. Which route shall we take? Through the bad lands of Edom, the king of Israel, the king of Judah, and the king of Edom started out on what proved to be a looping detour. After seven days, they had run out of water for both army and animals. The king of Israel said, bad news. God has gotten us three kings out of here to dump us into the hand of Moab. But Joseph has said, isn't there a prophet of God anywhere around through whom we can consult God? One of the servants of the king of Israel said, Elisha, son of Shaphat. <laughs> I almost said Snapchat. Elisha, son of Shaphat, is around somewhere. The one who was Elijah's right-hand man. Jehoshaphat said, good, a man we can trust. So the three of them, the king of Israel, Jehoshaphat, and the king of Edom went to meet him. Elisha addressed the king of Israel. What do you and I have in common? Go consult the puppet prophets of your father and mother. Never, said the king of Israel. It is God who has gotten us into this fix. Dumping all three of us kings of kings into the hand of one. Elisha said, as the God of angel army lives, before whom I stand ready to serve, if it weren't for the respect I have for Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I wouldn't give you the time of day. But considering, but considering, bring me a minstrel. When a minstrel played, the power of God came on Elisha. Hallelujah. He then said, God's word, dig ditches all over this vine. Here's what will happen. You won't hear the wind. You won't see the rain. But this valley is going to fill up with water. And your army and your animals will drink their fill. This is easy for God to do. He will also hand over Moab to you. He will ravage the country, knock out its fortification, level the key villages, clear-cut the orchards, clog the springs, and litter the cultivated fugitive stones. In the morning, it was as the hour of morning sacrifice. 
the water had arrived. Water pouring in from the west, from Edom, so flash flood filling the valley with water. By this time, everyone in Moab had heard that the kings had come up to make war against them. Everyone who was able to handle a sword was called into service and took a stand at the border. We were up and ready early in the morning when the sun rose over the water. The water from the Moabites, from where the Moabites stood, the water reflecting the sun looked red like blood. Blood, look at the blood, they said. The kings must have fought each other, a bloody massacre. Go for the loot, Moab. When Moab entered the camp of Israel, the Israelites were up on their feet, killing Moabites right and left. The Moabites running for their lives, Israelites relentless in pursuit, a slaughter. They leveled the towns, littered the cultivated fields with rocks, clogged the springs, and they cut the orchards. Only the capital, Ke Hareset, was left intact. And that, not for long, it was too, it too was surrounded and attacked with thrown and flung rocks. When the king of Moab realized that he was fighting a losing battle, he took 700 swordmen to hack a corridor past the king of Edom, but they didn't make it. Then he took his son, his firstborn, who would succeed him as king, and sacrificed him on the city wall. That set off furious anger against Israel. Israel pulled back and returned home. Oh. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Oh. And I hand over to you, Brother Martins. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Brother John. Wow, what you read. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening, everyone. Opportunity. We're taking our polar information at this point, and we'll start our information by taking our names. My name is to say your name. I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowledge of Christ. The next paragraph, I the name I'm granted according to the riches of the glory of Christ. The third paragraph, your name says, My love abounds more and more in knowledge and in all your deeds. At this point, I'll kindly ask you to unmute your mics as we take our permission at the count of three. One, two, three. Thank <laughs> you. 
is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you the Lord Jesus, sin night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he break it and said, Speak, eat, this is my body. It is broken for you. Please do in remembrance of me. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you for the breaking of bread this morning. As we break this bread, we do show your death to declare that will never be broken in life to defend the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That our hearts are new to yours. We have become one body, one spirit. Therefore, we declare we have eternal life now. We are who you say we are. We have what you say we have. We can do what you say we can do. And we walk in the light of your word as we do. After the same manner, also he took the cup and he has stopped saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This day has stopped as you drink it in remembrance of me. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you. For the New Testament, for the cup of Jesus Christ, which is the New Testament in the blood. We declare that that which he has consummated on the cross, that which his resurrection has brought, are evidence in our life. Thank you for the glory that he has poured upon us. That glory is seen in our life every day. Everywhere we go, yes, we see us, we see the glory of God. Even so now, dear Lord Jesus, thank you for the joy that you have poured out upon every one member of this, of this group. We declare that your joy is full in our lives in the name of the Lord Jesus. We walk in the fullness of joy, in the fullness of joy. Yes, the fullness of joy by the power of the Holy Spirit. We give you praise of God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Go ahead and take the cup. 
There was something that kept coming to my spirit while we took this cup, you know, the fullness of joy. And I'd like to say this, if you're in this group and your name is Joy, there's something special coming to you, something special, something special that will cause your name to spring forth and you'll be so excited. Something very special by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Maka, for this great opportunity. I hand it back to you now for the study many parts of the nation. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, esteemed Brother Martins. Thank you, Brother John, Brother Dozy, Sister Joy, and Pastor Deborah. Congratulations, everyone. Um, the mercies of God and His blessings are new every morning, and um, that which God has given us today would enjoy. And, you know, reading, as you read about the Elishas and the Elijahs, remember that they are not our example. Christ is our example. Um, Christ showed us how to react to people who curse you, who mock you. We never saw any record that Christ, um, you know, um, 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 cursed anybody and asked them, and um, um, lions came out to, you know, eat them or whatever the case is. Rather, we saw how that when Christ was crucified, he asked God to forgive them for they know not what they do. We have been raised and breathed by the word, by God himself, who is love. So our reaction to situation is a way of love. Vengeance is for God. We don't, we don't avenge people who do us wrong, no matter what they do us. It is not in our place to revenge. So as we read through the Old Testament, it's, it's in the same day we're reading the New Testament and then we're reading the Old Testament. So you can see the character of Christ and compare it to the character of the men in the Old Testament. They did mighty things and there are things that we can pick from their lives, but they are not our example. I just said to do that reminder because you see certain ministers of the God who basically major on the Old Testament and want to act the way certain men of God acted in the Old Testament. So you will say those ones that will say, Lord, give me the wisdom of Solomon. Give me the favor of Esther. Give me the promotion of Joseph. See, everything was consummated in Christ. There's nothing that you are looking for in the life of any old, um, any old Testament man of God or priest or king that is not in the life of Christ. He said he, he, he delighted in God that in him should all the God held dwell bodily and that same God lives in us. So you have everything on the inside of you. Enjoy your life. As you speak in tongues and you make proclamations, you are bringing them out. You're bringing them out to enjoy your life in Christ. Everything that you require, you already have. God bless you, everybody, and enjoy the rest of your day. Let's unmute at this moment and share the benediction. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank <laughs> you.